Welcome to episode 12 of the Superman Confidential Podcast, where we talk all about the Man of Steel in movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom, your host. Today I'm going to be talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths. Just a quick look back at the comic book story from a Superman perspective, and then looking ahead from maybe what I'd like to see or what I think we'll see on the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths starting later this year. But there's a couple minor little pieces of news that I want to get into first. So first up, Dean Cain is writing ideas for what he would want to see in a Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman revival. Uh, he was on CBS's The Talk, and he said, mentioned how they the show kind of abruptly ended after season four, and they thought they were going to have a season five, so there's a bit of a cliffhanger. And he said, we ended in a really weird spot, so we don't know what's going on. We never got to finish it. You want to have an ending of some sort. And as for what he would like to see, what his ideas are, he said, I want them still together. They've got kids. Do they have babies now? How do they work that out? Do they have superpowers? I think they should. And all the things you can teach them about using their superpowers, I think it would be fun to explore. That is what Kane says about it. First off, I should say this does not sound like this is something that is anywhere close to a possibility at this point in time. I mean, never say never. There's revivals of everything these days. And so... We see a lot of that kind of thing, but this doesn't sound like Kane is even talking to a studio or anything like that as, as an actual possibility. It just sounds like a, a work, uh, an idea he has in his head that he feels like writing out and maybe he wants to pitch someone later, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's something that is very likely to have, but just something fun and interesting to think about. Kane did write two episodes of Lois and Clark, so he's got a little bit of experience there. Obviously, starring in the show as Clark Kent and Superman, he he knows almost as much about the show as anyone. Uh, but I think it's cool to think about what this could be. I am always a pretty big fan of continuations of things, especially something like Lois and Clark that ended abruptly. I would love to see some form of combat continuation. I don't think a live action revival is very likely at all. Uh, you know, like I said, never say never, but for an animated movie or miniseries or comic book form is something I'd really like to see. I do like those continuations. The Batman 66 TV show got two animated movies in recent years and may have done more if Adam West hadn't passed away. And I think those are really cool. And to see something like that, there's been the Batman 66 comic, Wonder Woman 77 comic based on the Linda Carter TV series. Superman hasn't really gotten a lot of that. Uh, there's been the Smallville season 11 comic a few years back. But I would like to see all of these things. It's surprising that there hasn't been any continuation for some of the Superman stuff. Uh, George Reeves, Superman, Superman 55, you could do meet Batman 66 and Wonder Woman 77. I'd like some sort of animated or comic book continuation of the Christopher Reeve Superman series or, or anything like this. And I'm always talking about how I would like some sort of Smallville animated sequel series. So I would be all for this. And it's interesting to think what Lois and Clark could be. Again, probably if an animated movie or two or a comic book, what that would be. I, Lois and Clark did have a pretty big fan base. I don't know if we're in that sweet spot far enough away from it where there's enough nostalgia for it to generate animated movies like the Batman 66 movies had. There was a, sort of a recent groundswell of support for that show and that helped get those made. So I don't know if we're there yet, but I think it would be pretty cool to see and I'd be open to that and in animation or comic book form, you can do anything. Kane mentions kind of picking up today where they would be. In those other forms, you could have a season five that took place back then, or a you could kind of fill in the gaps in what happened the last 
plus years since the show's been off the air. But it, it would be cool to think about what this could be, having them have kids and superpowers and, and how Lois and Clark are doing these days. Uh, are one of them, has one of them taken over as editor of the Daily Planet? Uh, what's Superman up to? Has he taken on bigger villains? Has he come into contact with someone like Brainiac? Has a Lex Luthor come back in some way? All of that, you know, you could easily think of cool things with the animation, maybe where you introduce a new villain that they couldn't do on the show because of special effects like Brainiac. Brainiac's my, always my go-to, it seems like, but I, there's so many awesome versions of Superman that we haven't seen take on Brainiac, so I'd like to see that. Maybe you have Brainiac and Tempest, so you can do that original villain from back in the show that was really cool, have that tie-in. So it's kind of a continuation, but also catches you up to date how their story would go forward and have some progression to it. I think that's really cool to think about. Again, not something that's likely, but fun, uh, fun hypothetical. In a little bit of TV news, Natalie Gumid, who is known for the Doctor Who Christmas special and an ITV series, Jekyll and Hyde, has been cast as Mercy Graves for Titan, according to Deadline. So Mercy Graves, of course, well known as Lex Luthor's assistant, bodyguard, whatever, from Superman the Animated Series and has been making lot of live action appearances lately but the bio from the show says mercy graves is the ruthless cunning right hand and bodyguard to the notorious lex luther serving her boss with unquestioned loyalty her connection to the luthers runs deep as mercy has been a friend of the family and in lex's life since they were young that sounds like mercy graves to me uh it's weird uh for someone who who wants one big dc universe cohesive universe it's just weird this is the third mercy graves in the last three and a half years and I don't know if this one will survive any longer than the other ones, but uh, you know, it's like we're starting back from the beginning again and getting to meet a new Mercy Graves instead of building on from the Mercy Graves we already know. Uh, but but Mercy is a cool character, and of course, if you're going to introduce Mercy, the question is, will Lex Luthor appear? Another character who has been in t another TV show recently, so I don't know how that will happen. Clearly, this will probably tie into the Superboy story whatever they're doing with Connor Kent so not sure how she'll fit in besides that how much she'll show up or what her appearances will be like but Mercy Graves is a cool character and I'm curious to see what they do with her and the question remains will another live action Lex Luthor show up we'll have to wait and see in Krypton News a Lobo spinoff has been put into development at sci-fi sci-fi Emmett Jake Scanlon who is playing the character on season two of Krypton would reprise the role if this series goes forward, Cam Welsh, who is the showrunner for Krypton, is developing the project and would showrun. So I don't know how much of a direct connection this will have to Superman and or Krypton, but I thought it was of note. We don't even know anything about this other than it will presumably pick up Lobo's story from however it ends in season two of Krypton. What time period will it be set and will it be set in the present day DC universe or in the past like Krypton? don't know could there be any crossovers or any ties or anything like that or could characters on krypton show up on lobo i don't know uh but i thought i should mention it and if nothing else this tells us that sci-fi is probably pretty happy with the quality of season two of krypton to give a spin-off be put in development for with the same creative team all right let's talk about crisis on infinite earths the massive 12 issue limited series started in 1985 written by marv wolfman and penciled by george perez that changed the dc universe the dc multiverse i should say forever 
huge, probably the biggest. I mean, I, I mean, it is probably it, it is the biggest DC event of all time, just in sheer scope of everything that it did and changed and started anew with the DC universe. Uh, and so I'm going to give a rundown from the Superman perspective. So spoilers for a 30 plus year old comic, but I wanted to do a quick look at the main characters of Superman, the Earth One Superman, who is the main Superman at the time of the Justice League and the Earth Two Superman, who is kind of the Golden Age Superman. It is this is the Superman that was with the JSA in World War Two. It's not exactly perfect, but what you can do is make that Earth Two Superman kind of the one, the original, the one from Action Comics number one. That doesn't work out perfectly because that Superman would go on to work for the Daily Planet after a few years and things would change. But this is more of the the original guy. Those stories were kind of, when Earth 2 as a concept was created, those stories were applied to the Earth 2 Superman. So that's kind of the way I look at it. That is the original Superman from Action Comics number one and his stories. I, I kind of apply them to the him in my head. Uh, and, and some people like to look at that differently, like it's a different version or whatever. But that is the way I like to look at it. So let's start with the beginning. That's probably a good place to start with Crisis on Infinite Earths number one, the summoning. Again, just a quick rundown of what's going on in the Superman aspect and the Superman supporting characters for a comprehensive look at Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's just way beyond the scope of this podcast, and I'm not going to do that. So I will get into the story and everything, but only as it applies to Superman and the Superman fan. And in issue number one, we find quickly that the universes are being destroyed. All these infinite Earths out there, they're being destroyed. We see Earth 3. This is the Earth with an evil version of the Justice League, the crime's main character being Ultraman, who is an evil version of Superman. On this Earth, Alexander Luther, who has a goatee and a flying suit, is the only superhero. He is married to Lois Lane. And this really starts off with a twist on the, really the origin of the DC Universe. This isn't in Action Comics number 1 or even in the first DC comic before that, but really you can look at the DC Universe starting with Baby Kal-El being sent off of Krypton to Earth. That's how it starts. So Crisis on Infinite Earth starts with a an homage to that, you could say. Alexander and Lois send their baby Alex, who's just born in an experimental ship, not to another planet, but to another dimension entirely, another Earth. A really cool way to start out the series by calling back to the origin of Superman and really the DC universe as a whole by sending off a baby and just kind of blindly hoping that that baby will survive and maybe help others in the future. Really cool way to start things off before Earth 3 is ultimately destroyed. Cool thing, Ultraman, this evil, even though he is evil, not Superman, but we know the Earth is being destroyed, and he does everything he can to fight. So already on page 9, he fights, as he says, to the very end, which is cool. He gets a bit of a heroic moment, but it doesn't help anything because Earth-3 is destroyed. So what a way to start things. Earth-3 wasn't the most well-known Earth, obviously, but still pretty big. Some characters that people know, and it ended quickly. We also see the Monitor, who has been monitoring the DC Universe for the few years before that, while this big project was in development. He's having Lila Harbinger assemble heroes from across and different universes so we see a collection of this initial task force that they have for superman related earth 2 superman the original you can see the gray on his hair he is in that initial task force and they have to battle shadow demons and 
That picks up in Crisis Line Infinite Earths number two, where the Monitor has that team assembled and explains everything to them. Issue two is also where the Earth-1 Superman is first introduced in this story. Batman and him have a talk about how the Flash has vanished, and then Pariah interrupts them, presumably to, to whine about seeing some Earths destroyed or something like that. That's Pariah's main job. Uh, fun character in, in that he has to see horrible things at all times. Earth-2 Superman is part of the task force was sent to the future by the Monitor. He saves Commandy, and Shadow Demons appear there as well to fight. Uh, it's a cool thing. Commandy recognizes Superman because he had met Earth-1 Superman in DC Comics Presents number 64. We also see Lila checking in on Baby Luther, who has aged rapidly, Baby Alexander. In Crisis on Infinite Earths number 3, Oblivion Upon Us, Luther has now aged to a teenager in days, and we find out he's made of positive and negative matter. That's probably going to be important later. Superman 1 gets to save Wonder Girl from some damage, and a cool thing here, we get to see Brainiac entering in a skull ship. Really awesome to see Brainiac because he does his data analysis, realizes if this Earth is destroyed, that won't be good for him. He won't be able to get any more knowledge, so his own destruction is not good. So he seeks out the Earth-1 Lex Luthor for help in saving the universe. It's also a cool moment with with this issue, and I am highly recommending don't take my short synopsis for this. Go and read this yourself because it is so awesome because of mainly, especially Superman-related, these moments, Superman moments, and, and at that great disaster with Commandy, Superman 2 points out how much he loves Lois and hopes to see his wife again. This is the Superman who married Lois Lane in Action Comics 484. Superman takes a wife. So this one's married, and he, he misses her, and he hopes to get back, even though there's this massive, massive battle ahead. It's just a cool moment to see him reflect on that. Issue four of the series, and thus shall the world die. We see a Supergirl and Batgirl conversation, mainly to set up what is coming down the line for Supergirl. Batgirl is worried about how she's just a mortal human and all that's going on, and Supergirl gets a tough moment. You can tell she gets many heroic moments throughout this almost like they're setting her up for something. Superman and Starfire battle the new Dr. Light to get to get to a machine, whatever's going on with that. Superman speaks Japanese to Dr. Light, because of course he can, asks what they must do, and offers himself to sacrifice if need be. Meanwhile, Lila kills the Monitor and moves that forward, and Earth-1 and Earth-2 are, are seemingly destroyed, but we find out in Issue 5, Worlds in Limbo, that the Earths are merging, and there's only a small handful that remain. Alex Luther has grown up to adulthood. Fun stuff here. Lana Lang, we get to see make a, a small cameo, and she appears a couple of times, I think. She's reporting for WGBS-TV News, and she reports that the past, present, and future are merging. So we see characters and prehistoric animals showing up in present day and people from the future showing up. Timelines are basically merging. Things are getting messy. Alex and Harbinger unite Earth-1 and Earth-2 heroes, including both Superman, to explain the situation. We also see Lois Lane reporting for WGBS-TV News. There's a character named Gurks, G-R-X-X. I think this is their only appearance. He was touring Legion headquarters in, obviously, a thousand years in the future, shows up in present day, and he calls Lois, he recognizes her, calls her Lois Lang, which is just really funny for Superman fans. Alex explains that they need to merge the universes in, into a single universe to have any chance of surviving. Superman 2 gets a cool moment where he says, if we can save the worlds that remain, we will. And they all go back to their Earths. Superman 2 saves Lois from a saber tooth, I think. 
he saves Earth One Lois. Uh, makes it confusing for her that there is an older Superman there. But really cool stuff. Power Girl also shows up. We see Earth X. Lots of crazy stuff going on here. Issue six, three or three eight, three deaths. There's no Superman appearance in this, uh, but Lex Luthor of Earth One is on the run from Superman, and when Brainiac gets him, so we get to see the Skull Ship come back into play here. We also get a Lori Lamar's cameo. Awesome to see her underwater. Atlantis is disappearing. Supergirl fights Captain Marvel, who has been manipulated by Psycho Pirate. And Harbinger uses her powers to merge the five Earths. Uh, Superman tie-in here. DC Comics presents number 86. For the most part, I will say the tie-ins are not terribly important. Uh, good to read if you are a fan of Crisis and, and want to see that. But I, I went through and looked at all of the Superman appearances. And most of them are not important. Uh, but the main Superman issues, DC Comics Presents and Superman, make for pretty good reading if you if you like this story. But in DC Comics Presents number 80, 86, we get a Superman team up with Supergirl. At WGBS, Perry, Jimmy, and Lois are discussing the crisis while Clark is looking out into the cosmos with his supervision. He sneaks out of Superman. Cool moment where Lois stands up for Clark. When Jimmy figures he's scared and that's why he's taking off, I always like to see that, Lois standing up for Clark. We get to see Supergirl and Batgirl meet up again from a different perspective. Supergirl, Superman discovers the cause of the disturbance and meets up with Supergirl and they have, they kind of have a meet up with Blackstar as well. Kara has, Kara has this anxiety that she can't explain, which is explained later because the next issue is Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven, Beyond the Silent Night. This is a big one, uh, very well-known comic book cover, Superman holding Supergirl. It's a big one. They're waiting for the Earth to emerge. To merge, the teams are. Brainiac has taken Doctor Savannah aboard his ship, and he's got a lot of bad guys in there now. Alex calls together reps from each of the remaining Earths, including both Superman, Earth One, uh, Earth One. Um, we get to see a bit of a who's who. Blue, Blue Beetle calls it "Can the Who's Who." I remember he says that, but uh, it's just a cool moment where they recognize all the characters there, and it says Superman of Earth One, the greatest of all heroes. Superman of Earth 2, the legend from whom all others have come. That's just cool to see. Lively gives the origin of the multiverse, so it's really big in this. Uh, Quard, the monitor, and the anti-monitor, all of that, how it applies to Crisis. So they send in a new task force. The two Supermen, Supergirl, Monel, and many more lead an attack on the anti-monitor. The machines that were destroying the Earth were destroyed. Supergirl attacks the anti-monitor, just goes after him, and she gets... Uh, a hero's exit because this is the death of Supergirl. She she goes out fighting. Uh, afterwards, Superman wants to attack, but Earth 2 Superman calms him down. And yeah, really, really emotional stuff. Uh, there's a funeral and a burial in space. They Superman lets her go in space, and that is her burial. Next Superman appearances in Green Lantern 194. There we get to see basically the Shadow Demon fight from Jon Stewart's perspective. Not really anything new for from Superman's point of view. There is a background panel where Superman just kind of looks like Joe Schuster's art, which I thought looked neat, but not much else to it. And New Teen Titans number 13, similar thing. Quick Superman conversation with Batman. Back to the main series with Crisis on Infinite Earths number 8, A Flash of the Lightning. No appearance from either of the Supermen in this one. I think that's the last time that happens. But we see the Anti-Monitor returns. Darkseid has cloaked Apocalypse. It is revealed and is waiting to see who wins the fight. That's so Darkseid. Uh, let them destroy each other and then we will see what happens and, and take on whoever's left. But yeah, this is the final fate of the flash. So spoilers, it's not good for Barry Allen. DC comics presents number 87, kind of important. It has the origin of Superman, Superboy prime who shows up later and not just in this series, but another series in the future. Uh, and it's 
to keep it short, it is basically our Earth, Earth Prime. But there was also a kid named Clark Kent who got superpowers, who had superpowers and became Superboy, it was called here. So not terribly important, but Superman meets him. It doesn't, it does tie into the, the rest of Crisis on Infinite Earths, but it's not hugely important. Um, if you, there's a Justice League of America annual number three tie in where Superman and Martian Manhunter take on Star Lab satellites, satellites that are causing weird weather. Uh, Red Tornado is involved with that. Back to Crisis on Infinite Earths number nine, Warzone. Brainiac and Lex Luthor have all of these villains on the ship. Massive group of villains. Luthor 2 is mad that Luthor 1 is the field general. And he calls him a second-rate la- second lab rat. So Brainiac just straight up destroys Luther of Earth 2. Because why not? He doesn't have time for that. He doesn't need both of them. We see Lois Lane interviewing Rip Hunter about the space-time anomalies. Clark is reporting the news coldly. Understand Kara just died. Although he's not allowed to say that, obviously, in his secret identity. Alex, Lila, and Pariah explain the situation to the world. The threat appears to be over. But then Pariah is taken away, which is always a sign that some more destruction and deaths is going to happen. Brainiac shows up saying they have taken over Earths 4, S, and X. So Luther tells everyone they need to surrender or they will be destroyed. This kind of sets Superman off. He's not having it. Meanwhile, we see Superman of Earth 2, Power Girl, and others from Earth 2 trying to get to Earth 4 to see what's going on there. With uh, the villains having proclaimed they've taken it over. And it's revealed that Brainiac and Luther orchestrated this heroes versus villains fight as a way to get Superman, get to Superman and rule by themselves. They want to rule what is ever remaining of the earth. We see Simon, Simon with a P destroy Brainiac and want to get to Luther. Next, there is a DC Comics Presents number 88 where Superman teams up with the Creeper. Nothing terribly relevant to Christ's on Earth. Perry does give Clark a compliment on giving hopeful broadcasts when the news is so bad which kind of conflicts with the last issue, but it's also maybe you could say Clark has progressed and is able to give hopeful news even though there is such terrible stuff. Superman 414 has Superman battling the Superman Revenge Revenge Squad who had gone to New Krypton. Emotional moment at the end where Superman retrieves Kara's body from space and delivers it to Zor-El and Allura who are Kara's parents on New Krypton. Uh, Pretty terrible news for Superman to have to break that news to them. Infinity Inc. Annual number one has the Earth 2 Superman showing up. It's just a wedding of Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, and Molly Wayne, the Harlequin. He just has a cameo there. Similar thing with Infinity Inc. number 21. He gets a cameo at the Monitor satellite. Crisis on Infinite Earth number 10, Death at the Dawn of Time. Remember how Simon killed Brainiac at the end of number 9? Well, yeah, not so much. Brainiac saw that coming, transferred his data, formed a new body, and then just blew out Simon's brains. Because, of course, all of that. I thought that would be too easy of an end for Brainiac. And so I'm glad he gets a bit of a comeback here. Cool moment between Superman 2 and Lois before they go off to battle. Superboy Prime from DC Comics Presents number 87 has now shown up and is ready to join the battle with the Superman. Lori Lamars pops up again, consoling Aqualad after Tula passed. The team that has left travel to the anti-matter, antimatter universe where the Anti-Monitor remains and he wants to destroy everything and create a new universe from scratch in his image. That is his goal. So the team goes to the dawn of time to set things right back at the beginning. Superman 415 is another tie-in where it's revealed Supergirl had a husband, Salcor, 
She married Salcor at a time she had amnesia. Nobody knew she was married. Supergirl didn't until she got her memories back recently. So, yeah. Um, cool issue to honor Supergirl, but a little strange to have a husband thrown in the, the last minute there, but gives Superman someone to grieve with. And this Salcor character and, and Supergirl had left a message knowing she may die so that premonition she was having several issues ago that's explained here this could happen infinity inc number 22 just has one panel appearance uh back to the to the main crisis of superman all-star squadron number 53 and 54 are mostly a 1942 battle superman or two superman does show up in them but nothing really crisis related specifically at least to the main story so crisis on infinite number 11 aftershock really really cool crazy moment here clark of earth 2 the golden age superman wakes up exhausted goes to work and doesn't realize he's not at the daily star and which is where he works on earth 2 uh, earth 1 is where clark kent works at the daily planet so he goes into perry white's office because on earth 2 clark is the editor of the daily star so in perry white's office uh perry gets pretty upset that this guy showed up and tried to hang out in his office Clark of Earth-1 covers for him, saying it's his uncle visiting. Really surreal moment. The Superman decide to visit the warp zone between Earths. Superman 2 tells Superman 1 he should consider settling down with Lois. Uh, cool moment there where they see, hey, you should you should try. It's a good point because Superman of Earth-2 is married to Lois and everything seems to be going well. Why doesn't Superman of Earth-1 try doing the same? Because he has those same feelings. But they want to figure out what's going on. Why are... Why are these Earths converging? What's going on? And we, we find out there's been timeline changes. The world knows that Supergirl is gone, but not how. And there's all sorts of weird situations like that. The police at the Warp Zone recognize Superman 1, but not Superman 2, and say how his S is wrong. They go to Central City to see the Flash, but it is now a twin city with Keystone. And Jay Garrick recognizes them both. Jay and Wally West, along with the Clarks, hop on the Cosmic Treadmill, but realize Earth 2 is gone. They can't visit that Earth. There's only one universe left now. So Superman 2 tries to go to the void because he he doesn't have a past. So he that he sees this void. He, does, he feels like he doesn't on this Earth anymore because his Earth is gone. But Superman does pull him back. Brainiac ship's appear, ship appears, but he appears to be dead. All the characters who were at the dawn of time, it is revealed, remember the previous multiverse, but nobody else does. So that's what's going on with the timeline. So those who went back to save the single remaining Earth, remember... All the previous events, remember the crisis, remember the multiverse, but they're the only ones because they were around before time existed, is, is my condensed way of explaining that. And we get a little bit of a history. So on this Earth, only one Krypton exploded and only sent one rocket, meaning Kal-El is the last son of Krypton. And this is something that went forward with for a long time in the post-crisis universe. There was only one Kryptonian. There wasn't a Kara. There wasn't anything like that. There weren't. There wasn't a Zod exactly the Zod that we know him for a while or anything like that. They stuck with that for a long time, the Price Crisis universe. Superman 2 is bummed that he survived, but Lois didn't, and he feels kind of lost. Like I said, he, he and Lois's relationship is very important. Power Girl still exists somehow, even though she's from Earth 2. She doesn't have... She has a history, but they don't know. It's, it's really weird. It's unexplained, and they 
they have some trouble with that in the post-crisis universe, but we don't need to get into that. And, and to prove this point, Batman visits Luther in his cell to thank him for helping with the anti-monitor, but Luther says he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's trying to trick it. And the, the Red Skies that have been showing up throughout all of this miniseries have disappeared, as have the... Or they're back, as are the shadow demons who have been popping up. It turns out this Earth is now in the antimatter universe, and the Supermen see the anti-monitor return. So the grand finale, other than... Swamp Thing 46, where Superman has a, a cameo again, crisis-related cameo. That doesn't add any new information. Epis issue 12, Final Crisis. A group of heroes find Brainiac alive on his ship and ask for help. Anti-Monitor is trying to take over the universe. Superman of Earth 2 hears the screams on Earth and is pretty terrified because they know some bad stuff is going down. Harbinger takes the Superman to fight. And we see shadow demons all over, which leads to this big epic fight. The heroes, including Laurie Lamaris, are all fighting back against the shadow demons. There is a strike force, another, you can call it a strike force, assembled to take on Anti-Monitor. The two Supermen, Superman of Earth 1, Superman of Earth 2, Superboy Prime joins in. The two Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, the Ray, and some others. Alexander sends them after. And Brainiac takes his team to Apocalypse to see Darkseid. Lana and Lois are back again reporting on the Shadow Demons. The strike team has gone to Quard with the Superman. They focus all their energy on the Anti-Monitor, and, and they appear to defeat him. But Anti-Monitor had, in fact, absorbed the power of the Shadow Demons and returned. Superman 1 wants to take on the Anti-Monitor himself after Wonder Woman dies. But Superman 2 knocks him out of the way. He says the others don't have... The others have too much to live for, and he doesn't exist. So this... Superman of Earth 2, the Golden Age Superman, the guy in Action Comics number 1, was catching that car. This guy is the one to get a heroic moment at the end. He's the one who wants to go after the Animonitor. Really, really awesome stuff here. Seeing him, uh, he's had enough, and he wants to take on this Animonitor one-on-one. He says, I know what needs to be done. Do what I say, and no arguments. This is a no-nonsense Superman, even though he's actually has a lot of nonsense in his stories. Uh, he has fun with his villains but from time to time. But just, yeah, it's really cool. Really cool panels worth checking out. So Superboy Prime wants to go back to take Superman back to Earth. Uh, he's a little bit beat up. Uh, and they get a cool moment of reflection where Superboy Prime says, everyone says he was the first true hero. Now I see why. He's the most incredible man I've ever known. Earth 2 Superman then takes on the Anti-Monitor. The Shadow Demon power has been changed by the Sorcerer's other stuff going on which helps to destroy the Anti-Monitor. With Superboy Prime returns to fight, Superman 2 says he won't mind breaking his one rule for the Anti-Monitor if he needs to. And then we go back to Darkseid, who is watching Brainiac's crew, watching with Brainiac's crew, and he shoots some energy through Alexander's eyes to destroy the Anti-Monitor. Then he tells everyone to leave, because next time he sees them, he'll probably destroy them too. But the Anti-Monitor is still not finished and trying to destroy Superman. Superman punches whatever is left of the Anti-Monitor as he tries to reform, destroying the Anti-Monitor. Uh, so the group, the Superboy Prime and Superman are there. They're trying to wait for the destruction to hit them, basically the end of, of everything. And Superman thinks of his Lois, but Alexander pops up saying, hey, she's still alive. Uh, he points out that he thought she was too important, so he saved her. And he didn't want Clark to be alone. So they open this portal, and they go to that other place, this void that they don't really say what it is um but superman prime superboy prime joins them because he wants to tag along uh we also get a recap Lori lamar's died but yeah what uh what a 
big story and what a cool ending. Makes sense. The destruction of the entire multiverse, the original Superman, the first superhero, is the one to get the final punch in. So that is Crisis on Infinite Earths, the comic. Uh, I'm definitely not doing it justice, and I'm not trying to give a, a full-on review other than to say it's awesome. It has a lot of Superman stuff in it. You could argue that Superman is the most important part of Crisis on Infinite Earths. The Superman mythology has the most important aspects to it, to Superman. Well, really, three get a big role throughout but it is a celebration of the DC universe as a whole. All of the characters, the war hero, the obscure characters even are involved there, but there's a lot. So Crisis on Infinite is coming to the CW a long time. What do I think that means? Well, right now where we're sitting, we don't know if there's going to be a Superman in it. Tyler Hecklin's Superman was written off for a while at the end of Elseworlds. Does that mean, does that conveniently place him off world till the end of Crisis? Or does that mean he'll be back for the start or some point in the middle to get a, a cool entrance? I don't know. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. I'm guessing we'll get some information soon. But yeah, I don't know if Superman is going to have a big role. If he does appear, I would expect it to be similar to Elseworlds. Maybe he gets a little more total screen time because it's five episodes instead of three. But we are also bringing in the entire Batwoman show and the entire Legends of Tomorrow show. So there will be more to juggle. And it depends on what your expectations are for this. I think when I saw John Wesley Shipp suited up as the 90s Barry Allen Flash my expectations got a little bit too high. Maybe they're going to try to do Crisis on Infinite Earths of all of DC TV history. And they might do some nods to that, but I think it's pretty clear they're going to do a Crisis on Infinite Earths based on the universes established in the last seven years. So unfortunately, Superman is not a big deal in that universe. So it's not a something I would expect to play a big hand. But at this point, I'm expecting... I, I think Tyler Hecklin's Superman will probably show up. But I think if you're expecting Dean Kane and Tom Welling and others to show up, you, there's a good chance you'll be dead. I think it's more likely that no Superman appears in Crisis than multiple Supermen having a substantial role. And it won't said focus heavily on the characters they've established. So what kind of role could Heckle and Superman have? I don't know. Could he play an important role? I don't think it'll. Any, there's any chance Superman will be as important as he was in the comic that it's based on. But maybe he can get some cool stuff to do. Or I don't know if Lois Lane will show up. I don't know if Lex Luthor could show up. I've seen speculation. All kinds of things. Maybe he'll take Supergirl's place as the one to die or anything like that. And I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that. But I hope if Superman is in it, I hope he's used well and gets some some good stuff to do. I do hope one day there is a... It would be... My ideal Crisis on Infinite Earths would be, at least on a TV basis, would be to see all of the previous TV, DC TV shows brought together and... Superman is very important in that. So to see Gerard Christopher, Dean Cain, Tom Welling, maybe even John Hames Newton come back, I would be all for that. Uh, Superman's been really important in DC TV history. There were 11, something like 11 DC TV superhero shows prior to the Arrowverse. Four of them Super Clark were led by Clark Kent, so Superman or Superboy-related series. And there were 40 seasons of television before the Arrowverse and 24 of them. Or Superman or Superboy. I ran these numbers just because I was curious how big of it. So 60% of DC TV before the Arrowverse was Superman. And all four of the Superman shows lasted at least four seasons, while no other shows lasted more than three. So Superman was really important in DC TV. So if there ever was a Chris Sennett nurse that took all of DC TV history, you could see Superman having a much bigger role. I mean, there were the six seasons of Adventures of Superman starring the late George Reeves, four seasons of Superboy with John Hames Newton and Gerard Christopher, Four Seasons of Lois and Clark starring Dean Cain, 
10 seasons of Smallville starring Tom Mulling. It's nice to think about how all of them could fit together in a, a crisis type situation and all showing up in the present day. Have a nice mix of, of Superman there along with Tyler Hecklin's Superman. Again, I'm not someone who thinks Superman should even be on TV because he's he's so important. But man, I, I can't deny how awesome, how much I'd love to see that, to see Tom Mulling, Dean Cain, Gerard Christopher. and I mean, you could even have John Hames Newton playing the incontinuity version of the George Reeves Superman. So you could get those four together with Tyler Hecklin have five Superman. Um, there was even Ron Eli who played the older Superboy, aka Superman on the, the Superboy TV show. So there's a, been a lot of Superman out there. And yeah, I would love to see all of that showing up with their Lois's and or Lana in the case of the Superboy TV show. Having all of them show up in a crisis type situation. Man, that would be awesome to see, especially if we could get some backstory, some sort of continuation, what they've been up to over the years, what they're, uh, you know, I, I, I'm curious what the Superboy Superman would be up to in present day. Did he move on? Is he now at the Daily Planet? Is he still with Lana? Is he with Lana or what's going on there? Like, like I talked about earlier with Team Gain, lots of cool things to see. So I would love to one day see a, a Crisis on Infinite Earths combining all of those TV universes. As far as for, do I think there might even be nods or, or teases to maybe Smallville's universe or something like that? I think that's possible. Again, I don't think it's likely that Tom Mulling is going to show up in a costume. I just don't think that's going to happen or that the CW even wants to, you know, the people running the Crisis on Infidurse even want to acknowledge those other universes heavily in terms of bringing them. Uh, that's, that's fine. I think I'd rather them not be included. You know, Smallville's Earth in particular, that gets a lot of people talking about they would want to see that crossover, but I think I'd rather not show up at all than to just show up for a, a cameo and we see that earth destroyed for example i like to think that all those earths are out there and i don't want to include them just to destroy them so i'd like to let them live on if nothing else in in people's minds and imaginations as opposed to just destroying them yeah i think i'd, I'd definitely rather not be involved at all than to just be destroyed so this is a separate multiverse out there um that's just my take. I know some people would give anything to see Tom Welling, for example, in a Superman costume, even if it was just a cameo. But yeah, I think I in those in my head those those universes are living on like uh, in different ways, and Superman's out there fighting to the never-ending battle to save it. So I don't want to see those continuities gone. Obviously, you know, even for the hope that you could see a Smallville animated series or something like that, and then if you wanted to do that, you could still do that, even if they're in crisis. But that's just where I'm at. I'm curious what everybody else thinks. Do they want or expect to see Superman show up heavily in Crisis on Infinite Let me know. You can contact the show at SupermanPod. I'm at CryptonTom on Twitter. Uh, you can talk to me then. But that's all I've got for today. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back soon.